0: Well, hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chad Michael Bout, and thank you so much for clicking on a brand new episode of Hindsight is 20 slash 200. Just thank you guys so much for all the love and support. Again, we are in the middle of season two. It's crazy to think that we're already here in season two, but you know what? It's all possible because of all the love and support you keep sending my way. Uh, you know, every day that I wake up and I just look at the numbers that we, we we are able to do nowadays, it's just crazy to think because I had no idea that we could do this. So it's just all because of your love and support. So thank you so much. If you want to continue to spread that love and support, just let people know they can find us on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Hindsight is 20 200. Well, today we're going to be talking to an amazing new guest. She is uh, a producer, a director. She's the head of Sp- Space Dreams. Um, and she has a Jedi working for her. <laughs> no, really, she does. Um, she is the amazing and powerful Corlinda. So please introduce my amazing guest, the great and powerful Coralinda. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, an introduction like that, I don't I don't know what else I can say.
0: <laughs> I always tell people, uh, hopefully when you come on my show, I can make you feel like you're the superstar that you are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Mission accomplished.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, um, uh, thank you so much for reaching out. Like, um, we were talking off uh, off record. Um, you know, I reached out to this awesome company called Ford Doc, and they do a lot of great stuff with, um, you know, disabled as well as just you know, no, non-disabled directors that are hoping to spread the word of disability and just the lived experience of people. And um, you know, it was just funny. You know, I reached out just you know, think because I didn't really know what I was getting from them. I'm just like I'm just gonna get like a representative, and then they'll come on. They'll talk about Ford Doc. And then lo and behold, they're like, hey, we have this amazing members program where we have like all the people that are working for us or that we've communicated with. Do you want me to just put this email out and have people, you know, see if they would want to come on? And I was just like, that'd be great. You know, like, you know, the more the merrier, Uh, because, you know, I want as many stories as I can get on this podcast. And then, you know, I just thought, oh, I'll just get one person. But I've, I've gotten quite a lot of people and you were one of them. And I was really happy when you reached out. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show today.
1: Well, thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> it, it is, it's always exciting. And um, uh, it's like you said, I think it's important to share stories. That's why I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, And uh, I really love the like idea behind your podcast. So hopefully <laughs> I, you. hopefully I have something 200 <laughs> worthy to share. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, um, if we can just get into it, do you mind just introducing yourself that people um, that are listening can uh, know who you are?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Cora Linda. Um, I am a young woman with, youngish woman. <laughs> with,
0: uh, <laughs> You're too harsh on yourself.
1: <laughs> I'm a youngish woman uh, with dark hair and light skin. Um, I uh, have been working in and around film for about 20 years. I did start when I was fairly young, so mm-hmm. there's that. Um, I'm currently the head of Space Dream Productions, which is a full-service production company. We do um, everything from content creation for small businesses or other artists, you know, music videos, mm-hmm. Facebook ads, TikTok videos, uh, editing other podcasts, stuff like mm-hmm. that, um, <clears throat> to actual uh, documentary and narrative film work, mm-hmm. both feature and short-form content, mm-hmm. Um we have uh, an amazing team who work at the company, different employees and contractors who are kind of our regular team. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, we do have what? a Jedi yeah. um, <laughs> who you spoke with when scheduling this. Um, and then uh, we have an amazing network of collaborators. Um, I uh, am a member of Forward Doc because mm-hmm. um, I live with a disability, um, mm-hmm. a couple, and uh, it um, has forged who I am as a filmmaker and how Mm -hmm. I run my company and how I set up my film sets and all that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, hopefully sharing my story is helpful to,
0: yeah, absolutely. And, um, are you, are you comfortable with, um, sharing with listeners, um, those disabilities?
1: Um,
0: I, I, I ask out of respect.
1: <laughs> I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So I'll be very honest. This is the very first time that I've open, open excuse me, that I've openly spoken about mm-hmm. being disabled. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born able-bodied and I lived most of my life uh, mm-hmm. fully able-bodied. Um, I spent much of 2011 as a wheelchair user, mm-hmm. um, and in 2012 um, I was able to. Uh, regain most use of my body. Um, if, um, uh, if I have a flare up, I do become a temporary wheelchair user. Um, I always have a concern about sharing that with people who don't know me because Mm -hmm. I feel like it makes them assume what I can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And I, part of, um, having a disability and, um, also being neurodiverse means that I, I have to work harder. I have to plan my day better. I have to know myself stronger. I have to be more responsible than anybody Mm -hmm. who isn't disabled because, you know, they wake up in the morning, they go to work, they come home. That's it. Mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning. I have to be completely aware of the physical effort required for every single thing that I do all day. And I have to make the conscientious choice to be aware of what I can do, what I can't do, and make sure that I never fall short on my, um, uh, Promises, you know, on mm-hmm. what I what I've planned, and I I have to say I'm I'm pretty proud of myself that any slows that I've run into at all in anything that I do, like I have people who tell me they're like, how do you get so much done? And in my head, I'm like, because it's how I I organize myself. <laughs> if I'm ever slow on doing something, it's not because like, oh, she's disabled. It's because I'm doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm working on another project. Maybe I misestimated the um, the. Order of magnitude to get it done, not as a disabled person, just as a person in general. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one project where we started it before COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID hit, it got pushed back, and
2: right. then I
1: had to finish it. Mm-hmm. But by the time I had to finish it, I already had other projects. So that project got delayed. Like, <laughs> but that's no one's fault. That's COVID's right. fault.
0: <laughs> you can't control when the world catches on fire.
1: <laughs> Literally, actually burning. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: very similar you know it's like I I have so much going on in my life now ever since I started the podcast so it's always hard for me Is and when people like don't hear from me and they're checking back in on me it's just like it's not because I'm visually impaired it's just because I'm being stretched so far in between that I don't have enough time to get back to people it's just you know I think it's funny just how productive I truly am with my disability and I think some people are quite impressed with how much work I get done when I tell them, it's like, you know, there's days where I wake up at six in the morning and I don't go to sleep at like until three in the morning. And, you know, it's just like, people are just like, oh my God, how do you get so much done? It's just like, because that's how I do things. You know, I I have adjusted to the point where I can get all that done um, just with the technology and the things that are around me. So it's always uh, impressive what we can do when we really just have the means for us to be able to overcome because like you said it is an adjustment you know there's there's days where my vision really is not as good as I would like it to be and you know gets me down in terms of a a mental block and uh, you know you just have to overcome it and just make sure that uh, like we said before we start talking that you take care of yourselves both mentally uh, physically and emotionally (laughs) yep
1: wise words.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist or an expert. This is just all um, from my, uh, my personal
1: experiences. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like some good experiences worth sharing.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's all about making what people might think are disadvantages and taking them and making them our advantages. And uh, I feel we ourselves are the only people that can hold us back. And uh, I don't, I don't, I think that's just in life in general, you know,
1: I completely agree. We, um, uh, my company is run remotely. It, mm-hmm. it was run remotely before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, I mean, obviously when we're on set, we're on set. But right. it may schedule things where <laughs> you know I might work 15 hours, but I can work from anywhere in my house that I want. You know, I don't have to get out of bed to do my job. <laughs> <I> <laughs> I can, you know, do answer my emails, do the accounting, check on upcoming projects, work on scripts, send out scripts. Yeah, like, I can do all of that stuff. I literally <laughs> could be in pajamas all day. All day.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm gonna say. Like the CEOs of today are definitely not the CEOs of yesterday. It's just, you know, we're no, uh, you know, we still have our, you know, our black suit and tie, but um, there's a lot of CEOs that are rocking the awesome PJs and uh, doing just a good job as everybody else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've never been a suit and tie girl. That just was never me. So um, let's talk about your
0: love for uh, cinematography, um, you know, producing. When when did you find your love for film? Um, Has that something that's always been a part of you from a young age?
1: Um, so I didn't used to think it was, but in hindsight, I think it was, mm-hmm. um, I found an old notebook. My parents moved recently and they, you know when you live in a house for decades, everything mm-hmm. is just still there. Yeah. And I found this old notebook and I was writing shot lists. Like I was writing a story <laughs> with like visual cues. And I was like, how did I know to do like, where did I learn this? I, I was not around film. I didn't, I grew up in New York. I did not grow up in LA. Like it was not but like, I just watched TV and watched mm-hmm. movies and I was like, well, you know, you start with like, you see their face and then there's the street and the person walks down. Like I was writing like a shot list story. Um, and I was really big on production design on, I, my birthday is in that kind of awkward space between summer camp and school. So like <laughs> all your friends are out of town, camp is over, school hasn't started yet. You right. don't really know who your friends are going to be that year yet.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so um i decided that i wanted to have a halloween party one year for my birthday Mm -hmm. i was not born in august in october and so my mom let me and for years i would have my birthday party would be in a halloween party that's what i did every year to the point that people who knew me my entire life thought my birthday was in october (laughs) (laughs) but i would do these like crazy decorations and like cray paper and like all the like style it and do all this stuff just out of my imagination Mm -hmm. and um When I grew up, I actually did kind of try the business route. I thought that I wanted to be like, you know, that corporate, um, I got an internship in Manhattan that then turned into an opportunity in Los Angeles. I was Mm -hmm. chasing that. Um, And then when I was in LA, a friend asked me if I wanted to work, um, she was working on this event setup and asked if I want, you know, they needed help if I wanted to come. And I ended up catching the eye of the art director who had asked me if I could stay for the rest of the summer I worked with her for the next 10 years. <laughs> um, so um, it's the engine-
0: me- internship turned into a forever job.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, um, I ended up getting trained myself. I became a set rigger and mm-hmm. I got, you know, trained in set construction and mm-hmm. I learned lighting and camera and um, like event level camera. Um, I actually was a stage hand for a little while. I okay, became, I worked as a stage manager a little bit because That was a a summer event, so I would work for her during that summer every year, and then the rest of the year I kind of was just growing and figuring out what I wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And as soon as I got the film bug, I was, I was (laughs) done. Um, And yeah, the rest is history.
0: Yeah. So like, is there a certain style of film, like when it comes to production, stage? you know, management, is, is there like a certain style that you've been drawn to um, when it comes to your eye for the shots? Uh, you know, we always talk about inspirations and or like, you know, people that you grew up watching and kind of learning from has, has, is, is there anything that you, you've drawn from when it comes to you as the, you know, the artist behind these shots and these creations?
1: Um, I'm gonna say yes, Ron Howard.
0: Oh I love Ron Howard.
1: (laughs) Because he has no style like he has all the style. Yeah yeah. yeah. You can't look at a film and know like it's not like Wes Anderson. Gotcha. You cannot see a Wes Anderson film without knowing that it's Wes Anderson. Gotcha. You could watch a Ron Howard film and have no idea it was Ron Howard who directed it. (laughs) Like he he does it all. Uh Uh-huh. That um the very first film that I directed, like an actual film, not like my friends and I in our backyard, like mm-hmm. a real film, was a Vietnam War film. Okay. Um, It's currently avail- available on Amazon. Um, okay, cool. Amazon Prime. It's called Names on the Wall.
2: Oh, Awesome.
1: <laughs> um, and it's about two soldiers. And the tagline is, it was a war of governments. Mm-hmm. This is a story of soldiers.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Um, We are drawn to anything that is a, a human Um mm-hmm. Type story. Um, the next film that I did was about the ridiculous things we say to women. <laughs> um, okay. You know, you're gonna eat that, or oh, okay? How so okay. much prettier if you smiled? Like really?
0: Oh, wow.
1: Like so, um, it was shot kind of like as like a concept for a web series. Uh-huh. Um, it was half live action, half animation. Okay. It's two girls having a tea party. like a you know meeting for tea Uh and um one of them gets out a cupcake and her friend is like you can eat that (laughs) and she's like it's literally a cupcake and i'm a grown woman yes i'm gonna eat it (laughs) and she's like well then you're gonna eat all of them anyway long story short spoiler alert um her friend basically insinuates that that she's gonna have no control and she's like what the cupcake's gonna come alive and come after me Which of course is what happens. It becomes animated. The cupcake chases her throughout the kitchen. She gets defended by an army of baby carrots. Um, (laughs) I love
0: it. I love it. It sounds amazing.
1: Right? So um, that was written by a really great writer named Heidi Powers. Um, And uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And then the films that I've done since have been everything about um, a dancer who loses her hearing in an accident and has to Mm. learn how to dance again um and the whole film there's no dialogue it's only uh either just visuals or an asl oh wow um, the uh I, um i will say we did that as a 48 hour project just because if you look up the the actors we did it as a 48 hour project and we got silent film mm-hmm. i have a dance background um and i when I was like silent, I was like, well, can we say the line of dialogue in sign language if we can't mm-hmm. say it out loud? Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. And um, my best friend is actually deaf. And I asked mm-hmm. her, I was like, could you consult on this? And like, like I don't have access to deaf actors in the next 12 hours because mm-hmm. we have 48 hours to make no. this, but would you be yeah. comfortable with us doing it if you're involved making sure that we're doing it right? And she said, yes. Um, mm so uh she um taught us all the the dialogue and made sure we were signing everything properly making Mm -hmm. sure we were being accurate you know culturally and um it uh that's one of my favorite films but it's yeah it's very different from Say names on the wall
0: yeah Um, That's, that's really cool though that you could have your your friend with that lived experience um help set you know the criteria make sure that you were doing everything right and I I, I, can, I can only imagine how much you know for both of you that that meant to have that cre- that film created.
1: Yeah, I would not have done it if mm-hmm. I didn't have that as part mm-hmm. of the creation of the film. I, I just wouldn't have felt comfortable. Yeah. Um. But it. Um. Uh. Yeah. It. I mean, we've done like thirty films, so I won't give you this the logline of all of them. <laughs> But they're very, even the the feature films that we have on our slate right now, mm-hmm. one of them is about two 60-year-old women chasing um, their mother's menorah that was stolen by the Nazis during World War II. Oh. <laughs> you know, and people are getting killed and the FBI is on their tail. Um, and then at the same time, the other one of the other films on our slate is a Christmas movie about a country singer and trying to save her family's ranch. So, okay. Very, I, I yeah. Very yeah, right, <laughs> Howard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if the story is important, if Mm -hmm. I think that it will benefit even one person to see Mm. it, not like, you know, I think, oh, I'm so great. I can teach people, but (laughs) art is such a powerful medium Mm. and film especially enables us to showcase pieces of life that people may not get exposed to otherwise. And I think that, you know, you can gently share Perspectives without, mm-hmm. you know, everyone who watches "Names on the Wall" and number one feedback is how exceptionally, like, it it is about mm-hmm. racism, about prejudice, about all these things. But it's not a PSA. Mm-hmm. It's not in right. your face. It's not like mm-hmm. shoving it down your throat. It's you're kind of following this story. You're expecting mm-hmm. one thing to happen. It has a twist, is all I'll say. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you want people to understand that everybody mm-hmm. around you is a human mm-hmm. and that those are the stories that um we get drawn to that's yeah. a very long answer
0: <laughs> no it's, it's it's not so much that there is uh there's not a true agenda but there's yeah. a message
1: exactly mm-hmm. yeah exactly
0: and that's the great thing about movies is like even just animated like disney movies that it seems so silly and whimsical um, like when you look at like something like say like a, a, a hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. there's a lot of things that they have in there when it comes to the 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 dynamics between the rich and the poor um, yeah. you know the absolute racism between that of the gypsy people at the time yeah um, you know like it's like art can be so differently shot and created and animated and but at the end of the day, like you said, it, it can have such a powerful message if you actually take the time to, you know, look for it and actually enjoy everything that it has to offer.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I've, I've always loved just movies and, you know, and, you know, it's like I'm, I, I'm the same way. It's just like I, I watch everything and anything. Um, if it just catches me and um, then I just I just watch it and I enjoy it for what it's worth.
1: We should send you some links. (laughs) I would love to.
0: I definitely want to watch the cupcake one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That one has my attention right now. Like immediately from the start, like that synopsis. I'm like, I want to watch this.
1: (laughs) Definitely like web series level. Like it's not, you know, magnificent cinematography or impressive color grading. We, we shot it in an afternoon with Uh my friends.
0: Well, the premise um, alone makes me want to watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's very fun. It's it won best animation um at a festival, so awesome. we're, we're pretty proud of it. Yeah. So how long have you been
0: with um forward doc? Uh, you know, we were talking off, off off the record, and I mean, you mentioned that you've been um, collaborating with them for some time. So how long have you been with forward doc? And um, you know, when did you first um, get established with them?
1: So I um, I, I am a member of forward doc. Mm-hmm. I actually. Met them kind of uh, through a chain of, of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, one of my mentors uh, over the years has been Jen Brea, the director mm-hmm. of Unrest. Okay. Um, and my husband and I actually ran into her at Sundance when she was on her way to see Crip Camp. Um, okay. And uh, Jim Lebrecht, the co-director of Crip Camp, also right. worked on unrest. Uh, he's a you know sound engineer and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know audio designer and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, Jim was going to go to Crip Camp, so we were like, "Okay, sounds good, let's go." Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, then at um, at the uh, Crip Camp film uh, mm-hmm. premiere, Jen introduced me to Jim, mm-hmm. and then Jim told me about Forward Doc, and it was. Um, uh what year is that was that 2020 is that when it came out yeah i think it was 2020 okay um i have to look i'm really bad with whenever i do something like the same time every year yeah it become a blur um <laughs> so it was either 2019 or 2020 but uh-huh. um we uh jim told me about forward doc it was kind of uh-huh. just starting um and that they were just kind of growing mm-hmm. it is mostly documentary filmmakers but it's kind of become a community yeah and it stands for filmmakers with disabilities documentary so fwd forward doc um is kind of how it got its name yeah Um,
0: i love their name it's so it's so i love it it's so creative and i love it It just it really catches you when you hear it
1: right me too (laughs) Um, so uh over the years Jim has also become both a dear friend and mentor and mm-hmm. um, I've had um just incredible experiences with the forward doc community and mm-hmm. it's made me a lot more comfortable um you know Jen taught me a lot about how to balance life with mm-hmm. taking care of myself with mm-hmm. work and you know it's I'm I am lucky that mm-hmm. um uh, most uh People don't get diagnosed and treated so quickly. Yeah, um, I was. It's probably the only reason why I was able to recover as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, medically, I don't know. I mean, they told me at first that I was never going to recover, mm-hmm. but then I did, and mm-hmm. then they said that I would never get any better than I am. But who knows? Um, <laughs> so I won't. I won't uh, tempt fate. But I'm very right. happy to be where I am now, mm-hmm. which is better than where I was. Yeah. And um, Jen taught me a lot about how to work with managing just mm-hmm. like i was talking about like like she said you know the world is never going to make space for you so you have to make mm-hmm. space for yourself in the world
0: yeah that's beautiful you put yeah yeah and i i've been, um reaching out to um, the gym um hopefully i can get him on the podcast sometime soon he's uh a little busy at the moment so he said to reach yes. out a little bit later but uh hopefully i'm going to reach out to him when he's a little bit uh, less busy and have him come on because uh you know, I'm definitely interested in all the work that he's done. He's definitely uh, quite a visionary.
1: He's beyond amazing mm-hmm. and such an incredible human being, mm-hmm. and both a n- highly empathic mentor, but mm-hmm. also like, but he won't like. I, I'm I'm somebody where I, like I need I do need some empathy and understanding. <laughs> but, like, right, right you won't let me make excuses for myself. Mm,
0: that, that's a good person. Is,
1: yeah. It's really mm-hmm. important. And it's, you know, it's not, it's one thing to be like, oh, you're fine. Go out there and be fine. Mm-hmm. And it's another thing to be like, you're not fine. And that right. means you have to work harder. Yeah. So you know this, so work <laughs> harder.
2: <laughs> like, right, right.
1: And harder doesn't mean like killing yourself and staying up 24 hours. It means, right. you know, uh, anybody else, if they want to go somewhere, they mm-hmm. just, get stand up and go there
2: Mm -hmm.
1: there are things that I have to make sure are in place for me to go somewhere Mm -hmm. so I it means that I have to be proactive about I can't just let life live I have to actively live my life Mm -hmm. which to me is actually more enjoyable anyway
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah when you start living it for yourself and um doing the things that matter the most for you um, that's you know I I feel like everybody's been told this, but when you actually put it into practice, it's actually pretty sweet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's <laughs> it's the difference between kind of like letting the water run and and swimming. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. you can just let yourself go. And sometimes sometimes, you know, that's nice. And sometimes yeah. I wish, you know, I didn't have to try so hard on some things, or I wish yeah. it was a little easier for me to, yeah. to do things, but Um, I have an amazing husband. I should Mm. say my husband's name is Spaceship. (laughs) So we have a spaceship and a Jedi at our company. That's awesome. Um, So um, he's incredibly supportive and um, beyond incredible. Mm. And um, it, it's, you know, everybody has their, their thing that, Mm. you know, it's not, There are some people who are in similar situations to me that can't like they they can't get through a day the way i get through a day but i've also had 10 years of practice with it now right so i've gotten to where i know myself so Mm. well that like i can practically like there's times my doctor will ask me a question because i'm so in tune with my body and what's happening and then he'll run the blood work or he'll do whatever but i'm usually right (laughs) Yeah. About what's, what's fluctuating mm-hmm. and um not like on like a scientific level but on like like hey i'm kind of feeling xyz and you know mm-hmm. he'll run tests and be like okay you know we need to switch this or whatever
2: mm-hmm. but
1: um it it, it i never want to like make it sound like oh just because you're you know you have a disability doesn't mean you, you can do anything but i can't do anything i can't mm-hmm. go rig a stage anymore i can't do that mm-hmm. i i mean i'm sure i could do some part of it Mm-hmm. And I tried, I tried to help some friends, um, that were building a stage actually around last Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And I did it for a day, not a whole day, <laughs> just like a part of a day. Yeah. And I wasn't like, you know, doing all the heavy lifting and everything, but mm-hmm. I was, I was out for about a week. Like, oh week. Yeah,
2: yeah, that. yeah,
1: and I have to know just because, um, I'm sure you're familiar with spoon theory. Yes. It's you just have to be conscientious all the time how many spoons do I have and mm-hmm. knowing what's vital like if I have a client waiting for something and I have 5 spoons maybe I'm not going to plan my birthday party or reorganize my my closet that day mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure the client has what the client needs and then I'll wait until I have more spoons to do mm-hmm the closet or whatever like it's just being very conscientious of myself and very
0: responsible basically yeah you know i have a very basic understanding of i'm pretty sure you could describe it better for um, those that are listening but basically the spoon theory is basically like you said you have a certain amount of spoons and basically those spoons can only be filled up so much and carry so much and once they've been used then you've lost that spoon for the day so if you have, if you need six spoons, but you only have five spoons, then basically you're going to be working on like, you know, at a, at a negative basically from there on out that day. So basically if you take into account the spoon theory is basically just make sure that everything that you do, that you're making sure that you have enough spoons to do all that you need to do in a single day. And if you don't, well you're probably going to be exhausted and you're going to work outside of what you're capable of doing in a single day.
1: Or you may not be able to do it at all or right. depending, on, depending on what it is that limits your spoons. I mean, mm-hmm. for different people, it could mean different things. It could right. be passing out. It could mm-hmm. mean not being able to get up. It could mean right not being able to do things later I mean, in the yeah. week. Like it depends on the person, but yeah, that's basically yeah. each spoon can only do so much. Yeah. And the way you survive is you just, you watch your spoons and you never mm-hmm. run out and right. as long as you stay within what your spoons can do mm-hmm. you're fine basically yeah. <laughs> there's yeah. always a curveball but yeah
0: yeah i mean and i know for me and with my left experience because it's just you know vision i know that uh um, you know my spoons are a little bit more generous um and you know i think it's important that i check the privilege that i i am afforded because i you know i'm not say motor neural, uh, anyway, um, or sensory or cognitive. So I do know that, uh, just to what my, my lived experience is, I, I do have a little bit more privilege than I do with others. So I know for me, it's easier for me to maybe use my spoons and then not have any spoons left <laughs> over. Um, because that's, what's been afforded to me because of my lived experience, I know for others though it's very important that they make sure that they are checking their spoons. Because like you said, you know, if like, for instance, you, you shared with us, you did just, you you know, the raking for a day and you were, you know, out for a week, you know, it's very important, you know, (laughs) to manage that. But I think with disability, what I'm trying to get at is um, we're always having to manage things in our lives. And I think more so than ever, and we've talked about this and touched upon it. Is um, we really get to know who we are, and like you said, you you can tell your doctors like, no, I know there's something wrong with me, so we really need to check in. the lo and behold, you know <laughs> something's wrong. You're like, oh, it's like I think it's so important nowadays, more so than ever, especially with everything that's happened with COVID. Yeah. Is we really listen to ourselves when we feel there's something wrong, Um, because we are uh, at times we're our most important warrior, and sometimes when other people aren't listening to us, um, it's best that we listen to ourselves when we believe that there's something is wrong.
1: It's true. No one mm-hmm. spends more time in our heads than we do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and sometimes I spend too much time in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the um the, my, i would say like um i don't need enemies because all the enemies have lived inside my head <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> i mean if i'm being honest you know my my worst enemies aren't the actual actual physical people they um they they are um, figments of my mental imagination
1: <laughs> i hear that unfortunately mm-hmm. um yeah no i understand so
0: how important is is the work that you've been doing as a filmmaker um that you always in some way have that message. Like you said, you know, we're not really creating movies that have agendas, but they do have an underlying message. And as a visionary, how important is it for you to craft a movie that has um, in some way, a message that maybe we don't catch the first time, but only go back, we, we see that there's been this big underlying message that we can pull from the movie.
1: Um, It's why I wake up in the morning. That's about how important it is to me.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) crucial, key. (laughs) Yeah,
1: vital. (laughs) Yes. Um, I should be clear that um, I'm the president of Space Dream Productions, like Mm -hmm. that's my day job. Like I don't, I don't, you know, and, and that's, and I say that because I hate when people say, Oh, I work in film, but Mm -hmm. they actually work in marketing and they do film on the side. Like say that, say I'm a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. I also have another job. For Mm -hmm. years, I had another job. There's nothing to be ashamed about that at Mm -hmm. all. Making money to survive, earning money, doing valuable work Mm -hmm. that's respectable and Mm -hmm. should never be frowned upon. Um, I got to where I got to by really kind of honing in on what it was that I wanted to do and what was important to us and to my team. We, I've straight had conversations with investors where they were like, you know, I could get an investment in this, but we're going to make it. And I say, I'm sorry, we're not a good fit for you. And Mm, I walk away. No compromise. Yeah, I've had, I've had, and it's not that I won't compromise with someone Mm -hmm. in a a reasonable way, but like to forfeit all creative control. Right. I know that they're not going to, they're if they see a quick buck in it then they don't see the heart of it absolutely um i've had investors ask me like hey can we recast the lead and i'll say no Mm -hmm. i'm sorry (laughs) um it's already cast this is the right person i know Mm -hmm. that this person's gonna carry this film yeah um so yeah too long didn't read (laughs) absolutely vital
0: yeah 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 you hear that a lot though like it's it's a crazy industry especially if you're just getting into it um, as a filmmaker and a producer there's a lot of politics that can be brought into it and sometimes it, it can feel hard for you to keep control of your vision and your creation and sometimes you've I, I don't want to say like you have to but I, I feel that sometimes people feel like well if I don't compromise then I, I'm not gonna you know I'm not getting ahead and i guess it just comes down to respecting yourself and respecting your vision sometimes and even if you do have to compromise and you feel that hey i just lost this opportunity but i guess it's more important that you know you didn't lose what mattered the most and there's it, that message and that vision and um, your creation and maybe even just respect for yourself and love for yourself
1: <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day, knowing what to compromise on is very important. Because mm-hmm. you also can't just be like a jerk and just say no to everybody.
2: <laughs> right, right. you, have, that you, you
1: to, <laughs> Yeah, you have to come to the table. If you want them to come to the table, you uh-huh. have to come to the table too. You right, can't right. just stand in the corner with your table and be like, everybody coming, nobody's at my table. It's like, that's because you won't move the table. Right, like right. move your table. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have to be careful not to drag your table across broken glass on hands mm-hmm. and knees to reach somebody else. Like mm-hmm. they should be willing to come to your table also. There should be a, a mutual meeting. Mm-hmm. I think the best collaborations are ones built on mutual respect. A hundred percent. And honestly, I use it as a little bit of a red flag. I, I am a producer. I've produced mm-hmm. I don't know how many projects at this point in my life. Either you trust me to do my job or you don't. Right. And if you want to take that away from me, that means that you don't either you don't trust me to do it or mm-hmm. you don't think I'm going to do it the way you want it be, mm-hmm. to be done, mm-hmm. which means we're already at a creative difference. Right. And that means that you're going to be miserable and I'm probably going to be miserable. So right. I don't look at it as oh, I want creative control or, oh, you're mm-hmm. bad for asking for it. If there's no room for us both to be at the table and you need to take all of it mm-hmm. and for some reason you don't you don't think that I could be the person to direct it or to produce it or whatever,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that means that there's something about me that you think is a bad fit for the project, mm-hmm. but it's my project. Right, <laughs> so right. Something about that doesn't connect and those relationships tend to not go super smooth. Yeah. Um, I will say um also just going back to like the heart of everything my most favorite quote um i got through uh joseph gordon levitt says this a lot great great person (laughs) uh, yeah wonderful person yeah um he quotes walt disney and he says um we don't make movies to make money we Mm. make money to make more movies
0: oh yeah yeah
1: and you have to have a reason getting rich you know, yes, everybody wants financial security, (laughs)
2: you
1: know, independently wealthy, like that's great, Mm -hmm. but you have to do something. You have to give something to the world. Like Mm -hmm. the best one percenters I know are people who work so hard, who put their company there. They make sure their employees Mm -hmm. are paid well. They make sure people are taken care of. They provide healthcare. Like they are, it's not just what's going into my pocket. They understand rising tide lifts all ships. A
0: hundred percent.
1: Yeah if you're if you're making movies you can't just be about cashing that that sweet sweet dollar It's yeah. be telling the story and telling more stories and keeping the resource going to make more stories mm-hmm. um, the other thing uh that he says on his uh website uh, hit record
2: mm-hmm.
1: totally other topic of conversation amazing website hitrecord.org. go check it out um they uh he said communication is at the heart of human progress mm-hmm. And I think that is so important, uh-huh. and that's kind of a film has. To, it's a communication. It's something mm-hmm. being said to the audience, and it has mm-hmm. to be well crafted. It has to be at least an interesting story and engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people make technically perfect movies all the time. So <laughs> out by them. Yeah, but you have a movie. I don't know if you've seen Top Gun: Maverick yet.
0: I haven't, of course. The first one, absolute classic. Uh, yeah. Everyone that I've talked to says it's pretty phenomenal.
1: It, it, the story, the heart, every mm-hmm. the yes, the camera work, the casting, the editing, yeah. The, yeah. The, the special effects, all the live effects, all of that yeah. stuff, stunt work is amazing. But it's such a power. The heart is so mm-hmm. strong, mm-hmm. and marketing people will be like oh it's because it's tom cruise (laughs) he's He's only
0: one part of it though
1: he's only one part of it yeah every other movie with tom cruise has not made that much money
0: (laughs) yeah i mean they're not all going to be hits
1: exactly and even
0: if he's tom cruise (laughs)
1: exactly i mean they're going to do well they're going to turn a profit like it's going to be good right but there's something about that quality
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that really matters to audiences i think Mm -hmm. um and I, I hope, 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 hope that studi- studios start to look beyond the algorithms and start yeah. to connect more with people personally. Mm-hmm. That's my, my wish. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, and I mean, like a movie like Top Gun Maverick, um, you know, the first one is such a hard one to follow. So you definitely got to make sure that everything is being done the right way and it's coming from the right place because, you know, we see it all the time when they do sequels of a really, really good, you know, beloved movie. Um, If you do it the wrong way or it just doesn't hit right with the audience, then it doesn't matter if it's something as beloved as like, I mean, even, um, you know, I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on coming to America too. And, you know, (laughs) everyone loves, of course, the first one's such a classic, but, you know, a lot of people have their problems and their critiques of the, the one that recently just came out. And it's like, you know, people are going to catch on when they feel like there was something done and it wasn't done the right way or handled correctly so it's like especially like you know when it comes to movies and you're doing those follow-ups you know people are you know they're they're gonna voice their opinions if they feel that you've cut corners or you you compromised um in a way that you know really affected the overall product of the movie
1: yeah yeah no i i completely agree
0: hmm So how important has it been for you with the work that you're doing with um, Forward Doc? Because, you know, of course, it's filmmakers with disabilities. And, you know, for me, representation is, of course, so big when it comes to movies. You know, for the longest time, we've had actors play people with a disability. So, I mean, as much as a big fan of Tom Hanks I am, of course, he himself probably wasn't the best Pick for um, Forrest Gump. Of course, he did a great job as Forrest Gump, but I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks doesn't have a lot of lived experience as the, you know, the actual character he was playing in that movie. Um, and you know, it's been like a lot of media representation is finally getting to a point where we're seeing more actual people with experience get those roles. Like Coda recently, what, what a landmark, you know, groundbreaking movie that was. And then Netflix is doing, you know, all the light that remains with Liberty, uh, you know, a a blind actress being to play the role of an actual blind character. So I can only imagine, you know, there's a part of you that this is very important for you as, you know, the producer and the filmmaker to give these opportunities and to shed light on representation and such, you know, an industry where there's been a lot of, you know, miscastings or, you know like they i've even heard stories of like oh well there's been a visually impaired like martial artist come to teach someone without a visual impairment how to fight while basically fight 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 blind and then they've been like oh well you're really good why don't they have you playing the part of this role and then the guys just like well, i don't know <laughs> so you know, you know i'm you know I'll, it's convoluted question, but you know, how important has the work that you're doing with um, Forward Doc been for you?
1: Um, I would say very important. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it is a very complex um, question. You know, one of my favorite quotes is from Kristen Stewart, who Mm -hmm. was um, asked to comment on like, you know, people who aren't part of the LGBTQA community Mm -hmm. playing um, characters who are. Mm -hmm. And she said, she's like, I forgot what her exact words are, but she basically said that she doesn't mind because to her, she's like, does that mean mm-hmm. that I can't play a straight person? Right. Which is a very valid point. Like, mm-hmm. could I not play a character without a disability because right. I am disabled as an actress? Right. Like, does that mean? So I think it potentially can be a very slippery slope. Yeah. Um. There are some things that I think get a little, Um inexcusable like mm-hmm. depending on what the character is mm-hmm. it's it's not like you couldn't make an effort to find somebody who is authentically that and mm-hmm. at least audition it like at least try mm-hmm. at least like who knows maybe the visual the um the martial artist who is visually impaired mm-hmm. maybe he's amazing at martial art but he's not a good actor
2: right it, right
1: it does take that that dual level right i do think that um like uh the film that we we were developing um, that's finished now, the -hmm. the screenplay's finished Mm -hmm. um, uh, about the two Jewish sisters in New York City. Mm -hmm. Um, When we did the, even when we did the table read, it was really important to me, um, I'm also Jewish, um, Mm -hmm. that everybody who was reading for a Jewish character was a Jewish person. Okay. And the reason for that is there's a lot, just like having a disability and having that authenticity of knowing what it means to live with that Mm -hmm. life, Judaism is, is as much a culture as it is. Yeah, absolutely. A
2: religion. Mm-hmm. And, absolutely.
1: You know, you see things like an actor being hired to be a quote unquote Jewish actor. Right. And they change their skin color and give them a prosthetic nose to make <laughs> look Jewish, which if you did that for any other race, <laughs> <you'd> no. <know. laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <And> Judaism, <laughs> Judaism, technically, like there's people who identify. Like for me, when I fill out a racial survey, Mm -hmm. I always include Judaism because uh, Jewish, not Judaism, Jewish. um, Because to me, I mean, I'm also Lebanese Syrian, like Uh North African. I'm I I am a mixed person, Uh but I don't have like it is a whole part of who I am mm-hmm. culturally as much as it is who I am religiously. Right. There are people who get offended when Jews get included in a racial category because of things like the Holocaust. Of course, uh,
2: yeah.
1: But, um, I will say that having authentically Jewish characters at the table read led to a really awesome conversation afterwards mm-hmm. about the characters, about the script. We were in development. Mm-hmm. We were figuring things out with what was happening and it enabled voices that were relevant to the conversation mm-hmm. to speak and it really helped us get the script finished in a way that i think um was really awesome i mean i'm one of the mm-hmm. co-writers on it and I'm, I'm a jewish woman so i can write for jewish women right right but, um, i think that i think that there needs to be a conscientious balance mm-hmm. because acting is acting it literally you don't have to be a maniac <laughs> to play a maniac. <laughs> I hope
0: we don't get to that point. Cause that's, that's, we've lost, uh, we've lost all sense. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. So you, you want, and you, and I feel that acting carries with it a sense of empathy that mm-hmm. to play a character who's disabled, to learn about what it's like to live like this as an able-bodied person. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like we have to get there. You have mm-hmm. to make the roles available to disabled people first. You have mm-hmm. to make a concerted effort to have diverse crew, not mm-hmm. just diverse cast. You have to have have all those voices at your table. Don't just bring a disabled person in to like read your script and say if it's authentic. Right. Make a character right. who isn't disabled, make them disabled. Take right. somebody who their disability has nothing to do with who they are.
2: Right, right.
1: Hire a disabled actor to play them. Because right. the, to, to limit that character's experience to their experience as a disabled mm-hmm. person, you're not showcasing a human.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're, it's like calling someone like, you know, the woman in the wheelchair. Like, no, that's whatever her name is and she's a wheelchair user. Like, <laughs> right. You gotta prioritize the identity of the person. Mm. And I think, you know, if, if you, can take a script and go through it and mm-hmm. open a casting call for all of your characters mm-hmm. and just open it up for disabled actors have them all read for the different characters find someone who's amazing as that character mm-hmm. and then make that character have a disability yeah. That but don't rewrite it don't don't now make their dialogue be about yeah know, oh i hate being the fat girl and, <laughs> right you know, like have her just be a girl, like right, it doesn't right, right. matter. Have, that's not a disability. I just was thinking about diversity. um Of course, but yeah, you know, have someone be a wheelchair user mm-hmm. who just happens to be in a wheelchair, like right. like, like you can anybody make anybody in a wheelchair. It's like it's
0: like there's no reason you can't just make a character's dad, the you know, have an actor be in a wheelchair, then have that character be in a wheelchair, but have it be nothing about the fact that they're in the wheelchair. You know, it's just like you can have that character be you know that father in the wheelchair and then you don't have to change or make the writing any difference you you know like you said there's there's got to be a way for us to better balance everything because you you were correct it is a it can be a very slippery slope and you know we have to make sure that we're doing it the right way and that the attentions are still from a point of the right place yeah Mm -hmm.
1: for me personally um we currently uh there's a film that we, um, we actually just got a grant from the Montana Film Office for it. Mm-hmm. We're really excited about that. It has a fiscal sponsorship. We are open to final investments if anybody's interested. But,
0: um, <laughs> Go ahead, give that plug in.
1: <laughs> um, but for one of the leads, um, we actually reached out to a person with a disability and asked mm-hmm. if they would be interested in considering it. And we're mm-hmm. so excited that they said yes and they're reading the script right now. Awesome. Because to me that's, disability representation this mm-hmm. character is not disabled there's mm-hmm. nowhere in the script does it say they're disabled it has nothing to do with them being disabled mm-hmm. they just happen to be blah and right. that's it and i feel like where when when you start quote writing for disabled characters it tends to make the characters conflict about their disability
2: mm-hmm.
1: instead of about who they are
2: Right. and
1: that not that there shouldn't be, you know, documentaries about, Mm -hmm. you know, living with disabilities, narrative films about the things you have to face about being disabled. But like, um, uh, there was an episodic at Sundance, not 2022, I think it was 2021. Um, I'm going blank on the name, please forgive me. (laughs) fine. (laughs) Um, It was a young girl in, I think high school. Uh And on the one hand, it was about, you know, the fact that she's disabled, but it also with the fact that she's a girl in high school right. and she goes you know, sneaking to the bathroom with her friends to smoke, and like, <laughs> you know she wants to lose her virginity. She's scared. She's pregnant. You know, uh-huh. of her country fighting for um, reproductive rights. Uh-huh. Like there was so much more to her than the yeah. girl in the wheelchair. Like <laughs> right. It, it. She's a teenager. She argues right. with her mom. You know, she's <laughs> her sister. Like, it was a very. To me, it was one of the best representations I've ever yeah. seen. Because it wasn't. Like, I would be pissed if somebody made a film about me and all it was about was the fact that I had a disability. Like, right. And we.
0: Sorry. No, no. It's like we see that a lot, though. It's like, oh, it's the classic, oh they have a disability, but they overcome it and they're better for it. And they get to learn to love their disability. But it's just like, okay, but why can't we just have just a normal girl? And it just just so had, happens she has a disability. She could be in a wheelchair or she could use a walker, maybe a guide right? dog. But she's just a nerd. She's just a girl, just an everyday girl. They have right. everyday girl thoughts. You know, I'm gonna sneak off to the bathroom smoke a cigarette. You know, I want to <laughs> I want to go out with, with a popular guy and have sex. You know, we're right. still people.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, take take a lead character and make their best friend deaf. Yeah, and have the lead character be hearing, but no sign language, and they can talk yeah. to their friend just normally. And every yeah. every conversation isn't about the fact that they're deaf. Right. Um, or you know, make your lead character deaf and see what happens. Yeah, Like there you go. See what that, what that does. I mean, there's, there is a lot of accessibility available in the world. Maybe mm-hmm. they, like you could have a lead, have that. And yes, mm-hmm. there would be some challenges and you probably would have to have, like, if it's an episodic, like an episode or two that kind of faces <laughs> what their challenges are. Mm-hmm. But like, we do that with gender a lot in our scripts. Mm-hmm. We'll gender flip it. We mm-hmm. don't touch the dialogue. We don't touch the action. We just flip the pronoun. That's gotcha.
2: it. Yeah, yeah. And
1: we, or we make a character where the gender is not relevant. Like right. if it's like a tertiary role, where they're a doctor or a receptionist or like an assistant or whatever, kind of coming mm-hmm. in and out of a scene, mm-hmm. we use they, them pronouns. And mm-hmm. we don't, and we use a gender non-specific name. Right. I'm going to cast whoever does a good job <laughs> to be a boy or have to be one as anything i just need a good actor (laughs) who can be a good doctor or receptionist or assistant right right and i think that we'll get more authenticity of Mm -hmm. representation of what it means to be disabled Mm -hmm. when the stories about disabled people are Mm. not about their disability but it's about their life it's about that's Mm. why i think that's why crip camp was so amazing yeah because it it was about them as people and about what they did and about mm-hmm. like you know the kids at Camp Jeanette got you know um, what was it crabs? <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know that's an everyday problem. <laughs>
2: that's, that's, an a, that's, problem. An, that's an everybody problem. That's an everybody problem.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just like I, it's it's just weird that. I don't know. There's always this feeling of them like having to manipulate the scripts or the, 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 the roles just because maybe, I don't know, they don't know how or maybe they're, they're a little uncomfortable with handling actors that actually have a disability or, or you, you know, I don't know. It's just like, I just hope that eventually, and we are seeing it more and more, but I hope that universally there will be a more consistent way of portraying disabled roles and then have it be inclusive and representative of that actual
2: community.
1: I'm 1000% with you. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that yes, the CEOs are risking hundreds of millions of dollars, which that's a lot of money for, even if you're a multi-billion dollar corporation, that's a lot of money. Yeah. And um, it like, they're very facts and figures and numbers, and they mm-hmm. can't quite think outside that box. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be. Um, I mean, going back to to Top Gun Maverick, I think that's why Tom Cruise is such an incredible like producer. Yeah.
2: Because
1: he is an actor, he is an artist, he is mm-hmm. like he has all of that. And he's a businessman, he's a producer, he's he's been in this world for like a yeah. hundred years. And- now um,
0: he um, He never ages
1: no and he's just like the top like forever um but he like balances that he understands Mm -hmm. the the heart and the story and it's like whenever people are shocked they're like whoa black panther made a billion dollars and i'm Mm -hmm. like have you seen the movie (laughs) of course it made a billion dollars pretty good dang movie it's like You know, it's, it's one of those things like, um, even like the super obtuse tenant, you know, Mm. did pretty well in theaters in the middle of COVID. Like it, like people want, it
0: was great.
1: So good. Yeah. People want like, sometimes you they just want the cheap bubblegum. They don't care. They want like their, <laughs> um, like, but even but even the movies that do amazingly that are the cheap bubblegum, like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you're familiar with Free Guy.
0: I think I've heard the name before. I don't think, I've, I, I haven't seen the movie, but I'm familiar with the name.
1: Yeah, it is one of the best movies. I've
0: yeah, ever- I'll have to put on my watch list.
1: Yeah, it, and it's just, it's, um, are you are you a video gamer? Are you gamer at all, Jay? Yes, okay. yes.
0: I love gaming so much. It's, it's, a, <laughs> a, it's a core of me um, and my identity. So I'm a huge gamer.
1: Then you will greatly enjoy this. It's literally about- Oh, wait, is that the one with Ryan Reynolds? Yes, the NPC who- becomes, Yes, uh, like,
0: I've been meaning to watch that forever.
1: Yes, yes, the non-playable character. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, it's, it's just so, it's such a beautiful film. Like it's mm-hmm. such an amazing story about mm-hmm. this- ai that becomes real that like becomes a thing that hopefully i I think it's in the trailer um yeah but um (laughs) even movies like onward where oh my god
0: i love onward
1: it's one of my husband's favorite movies yeah and it's just it's about brothers and about Mm -hmm. relationships with fathers and it's you know about what it means to love someone and Mm -hmm. like things like that like they're so it isn't just the throwaway like, oh, you know, millennials are finally making movies where parents apologize. It's not just <laughs> you no, know? it's not just that. There's there's so much more layered in all of these films, and I mm-hmm. think that like yes, you know, there are accommodation concerns. It is it could be a little bit more expensive to have somebody with a disability <laughs> on a set. It could be a little bit more maybe you have to accommodate a time schedule maybe you need to make sure that something is wheelchair accessible you may have to Mm -hmm. accommodate allergies or medical limitations of course you know you have to pay a superstar a hundred million dollars and you have to give them a trailer and you have to and nobody blinks an eye and they say oh well that's because a superstar is going to sell tickets (laughs) maybe you know you don't like there's it could
0: flop flop
1: too a name is no guarantee exactly so if you're leaning into humanity, if you're leaning into kind of the heart of the story, mm-hmm. I think that you just have to look into it as an investment of what you're putting on screen, mm-hmm. yeah. personally. That's, that's my really long rant on the subject. <laughs> no, and I
0: mean, I think it'll also really help those who often feel misrepresented or excluded, if there's more producers, directors, more agencies that are willing to provide and accommodate them and just at least give them that chance, then they're going to be more hopeful and they're going to be more receptive to this industry where they might have felt like they had no chance of landing a role or even getting that, just that foot in the door. And I think it's just like the more opportunities we give people of all walks of life, the more um, receptive that I think everybody is going to be overall of the product that we're getting.
1: I completely agree. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons we hold open casting calls so often is because you have no idea what talent is out there. Yeah, um,
2: absolutely.
1: The last film that we did, I mean, we, we have a casting call open right now and all these people are submitting with like their IMDb ranking. And like, the, you know, and I'm like in my head, I'm like, I literally don't care.
0: Like, <laughs> that means nothing to me. <laughs> it,
1: it literally means like, can you act? That's, are you the right <laughs> The last film we did, the actress didn't even have an IMDb page. Yeah submitted for a non-speaking role Uh and she was just had this like nuance to her Mm -hmm. and um we were finalizing casting on the lead so we asked if she would read for the lead Mm -hmm. and then she got a callback and then she got a couple more callbacks she ended up getting cast and then when the film premiered she won best actress oh
0: wow that's phenomenal
1: needless to say she has an IMDb page now But she's, she's amazing. And if all I cared about was a certain look or a certain age or a certain anything other than who is the best person for this character, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have ever met her. We never would have had her performance. We never Mm -hmm. would have had what she brought to the film. I mean, she won best actress. We won best director in the picture, won best film. So like, yeah, across the board. Yeah. Something, something was done right there. So absolutely. I, I say the where where the change is going to happen is Mm. not in crafting scripts disabled specific but in not crafting scripts disabled specific opening Mm. up your casting yeah and finding people with talent who Mm -hmm. are maybe outside and that goes for age it goes for gender it goes absolutely Mm -hmm. it goes for anything you know one of my favorite casting calls that we did a little while ago one of the people commented one of the women commented when she came in And she was like, I have no idea what you're looking for. And I was like, what do you mean? Because every single actress in the lobby looked completely, they were different ages, different colors, (laughs) they were different body types. Like they were completely different. And Uh she's like, I have no idea what you're looking for. And I said, I'm looking for the character.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, you know, just perform. And then we'll see if you're, if you're it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So yeah,
0: yeah that's that's that's, that's awesome I, I i do hope that you know we get to that just being universal because it's just like there's probably so many people that slip through the cracks that would be great in these big hollywood roles or indies but they're just not given the opportunity i mean that was the you know that's what's so impressive about aria liberty who is going to be playing the main lead and all the white room that remains she wasn't a classically trained actor I don't really think she's really been in movies up to this point. So she literally just, she saw the open casting call. And, you know, here's her chance as a blind actor to play this role of a blind character. And she shows up, does it. And she beat out all these other people that I personally, you know, have heard. They have extensive careers in acting and and in the business. But it's like you said, she had an opportunity. She showed up. She yeah, didn't know what they were looking for. She performed and bam, she got the role. <laughs> yep.
1: And I do think that where it is story relevant, for mm-hmm. example, when we did names on the wall mm-hmm. for the Vietnamese uh, mm-hmm. soldier, we cast a Vietnamese man. Of <laughs> like, course, yeah. You know, like you got to further. That's better. a little
0: bit more, you, you yeah. know, yeah.
1: And, <laughs> As, you, know, you
0: need that for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, but when it comes to, I feel like, if there is a story where it's specific, mm-hmm. like if someone's going to do a, a biopic about Christopher Reeve's life you know uh-huh. audition actors in wheelchairs like mm-hmm. audition 100%. actors with mobility like mm-hmm. like try
0: exactly it, try you
1: know, just like, just try
0: just try
1: <laughs> and and genuinely try don't just make yeah. it yeah. a gesture not genuinely a courtesy
0: yeah, yeah yeah
1: genuinely see is there an actor out there who could because that's very specific you need somebody who looks like christopher reeves who can sound like christopher <laughs> reeves and who is disabled that's very specific
2: uh-huh. but
1: there's seven billion people in this world mm-hmm. i i'm fairly certain there's somebody out there that could probably be a good
0: fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah again i just think it's you know breaking down just the old guard and the old way of thinking and the old way of representation again like you said it's it's it is a slippery slope sometimes so we do need to be careful where our merits lie but definitely just try yeah (laughs) let's just i think if anything if we take if you guys listening take away anything and you are in this business and you you are in these positions um just try. <laughs> just try. So um, talk to me about the um, Space Dream. When did you um, come up with the company? Um, and uh, how long now has has Space Dreams been around?
1: Um, so I originally started the company in 2013 as mm. like a DBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was just, I was going to do names on the wall. We were just starting it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of was me like working on names on the wall. And if uh-huh. I did it was kind of just like you know like when somebody has a production company in in Mm. air quotes you know (laughs) (laughs) and um they not that you shouldn't have a company especially if you're doing a lot of work but like it was uh, a piece of paper basically um
2: okay
1: and then uh we did um uh it's inspired by the sean lennon song spaceship okay um which is also the inspiration behind my husband's artist name um Mm. no he was not involved in the company at the start yes, I had a crush on him at the start. Um, (laughs) we uh, we were friends and I was falling fast, but, um, Uh we, uh, I knew that I had to have a name for the company. Like Mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen with a crush. Um, I had to know that it was a name that would bring me joy, no Uh matter what happened with this guy that I liked. So, um, we, uh, we got married in 2015 and, um, film names on the wall literally i flew to la we got married in the morning and i flew to la that afternoon i flew back to la that (laughs) afternoon so um that that was an adventure um but and then my parents surprised uh him with the plane ticket and flew him out the next day so he got married and then found himself on set that was wow so um, he became involved with the company. Then he mm-hmm. was deeply involved with the production, the mm-hmm. production and post production of "Names on the Wall." Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much every film we've done since has had the Space Dream like logo on it and been yeah. a Space um, We worked together for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and then in uh, 20, I want to say, um, mm-hmm. there was a girl who'd worked with us a couple times, um, kind of like intern PA on set. Gotcha. And- emailed me and she's like I want to work for you work for you (laughs) and I was like okay all right (laughs) And I'm not gonna lie at one point I worked a job partially so I could afford to pay her paycheck like I was earning money just so I could pay her Mm -hmm. to to work because I really wanted the company to grow Mm -hmm. um we kept kept growing kind of uh had some bumps and bruises as you Mm -hmm. do um, had some really bad collaborators. I learned a lot from them, mm-hmm. um, had some amazing collaborators. I learned even more from them. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, in, uh, 2020, I was kind of reevaluating my life because it's mm-hmm. really hard to freelance with a lot of what I was doing mm-hmm. with COVID and everything shut down. Especially COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and one of my biggest clients dropped me and I was like, mm-hmm. Ugh. Um, mm-hmm. I started making masks like cloth face masks in my Etsy shop. Um, and that, you know, that was great for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, we got, um, we had a couple of projects kind of starting to come our way. And, um, we were by then set up as an LLC. Mm-hmm. Um, we did our first feature film in 2020. That was like our feature where we own it. It's awesome. i like invested in by us and created yeah. by us. Um, and I was like, in uh, early 2021, I was like, why don't, why isn't this my job? Like, I keep yeah. working for people that are mismanaging the yeah. pandemic, but space dream is growing. Uh-huh. I need to work where, like, what's that thing? Um, You either are working to make someone else's dreams come true, or you're working to make your own dreams come 100%,
0: true. 100%, yeah.
1: Right? And it's okay if your dream is to be a part of something else and to support someone else. Of course, else. absolutely. But if all you're doing is like funneling yourself at this person, and you're not, you know as soon as they struggle they drop you it's like yeah. okay well I wasn't you you really didn't mm-hmm. like you, that's that
0: yeah, yeah you were never really a part or a fa- yeah, you know, that family of that of that place
1: exactly so um we uh I mean I openly joke around with my staff that I'm the lowest paid person at the company <laughs> like by hour um but um the uh we just kind of went Full steam ahead and by the mm-hmm. end of t- or actually by the start of 2022 we mm-hmm. um had about 10 people mm-hmm. uh at the company between our partners and in we have we have an intern uh employee contractors stuff like that um so we're uh yeah we um we have a marketing and salesperson who helps mm-hmm. do like outreach for uh business um we do content creation so mm-hmm. like I always say like, if you're a business, your job is your business, not making (laughs) content to promote your business. That's my job. So my job (laughs) is to make content to promote your business. So um, we can do everything from take, like if you can get things filmed or photo, depending on where you're located, Mm -hmm. uh, we can edit them and retouch them and kind of like really find your brand or like, depending on where you are, we do have a very wide network and we could possibly have a videographer or photographer meet up with you and shoot you in person. That sounds terrible out of context for film, but um, (laughs) we'll come shoot you Um, (laughs) with with cameras, with cameras. Um, So uh, we do a lot of work because we are storytellers of like, what Mm -hmm. is the story of your brand? What is the story of your company? Let's showcase who you are and why you're amazing. Whether it's for a music video for a band or a musician or it's um, like uh, I had the honor of working with Forward Doc on reimagining the Can 2022 poster. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, they said this is what we have. We need to make this more visually accessible, and mm-hmm. so I came up with the. Um, I think Amanda. Oh, Amanda's idea was the red carpet instead of the stairs. And then I put it together with like the um, shadow figures. Um, she gave me like a little bit of direction and was like, here, you know, we need the X, Y, Z. So um, we, we work with people to kind of amplify their message mm-hmm. and support them because we can go film you for like three or four hours and you can have like, three or four months of social media content posting every single one. Like, <laughs> yeah. there's so much we can do a quick shirt change, a quick, you know, mess up your hair, change your hair, change your hat, <laughs> whatever. Like, we can do so much to give you content that uh, all you have to do is just post it. And it's, it's easy and it, it just gets you going. We can do commercials and ads. We're working on a book trailer right now for an independent author. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so we do stuff like that. And then we also have our network of film production people mm-hmm. and we do shorts and features and documentaries and all that kind of stuff. And that we work with investors um, mm-hmm. and people, you know, they get paid when the film gets distribution or uh, however that works. Um, uh, yeah. I might, <laughs> I, um, I might
0: need to use you sometime in the future
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, we are here for you. We do graphic design, we do logos, we do film yeah. posters, we do all kinds mm-hmm. of, yeah. of podcast editing. Um, yeah.
0: You know, I'm trying to, you know, I, my hope is to one day make, you know, hindsight, um, it's its own, you know, business, a company, you know, I want to make it into an LLC. And um, yeah. currently I have um, my father, who is an IT guy and a developer, making my own website. So that's great. But yeah. um, I I would love to have like a short video um, that shares, you know, my own story. So like the first thing you see when you go on the website is, you know, that video, of that, that short story of mine. Yeah. So, so I, I, I try, you know, I was at visions 2022 this year, which was amazing. And I met a, a cool, um, film producer. Uh, I, I talked to him and, you know, you know, I don't know, you know, it's maybe something you and I talk about a little bit more
1: <laughs> <laughs> in front of the audience.
0: Um, <laughs> no, no, uh, uh. Actually, guys, we're ending it right here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got to go. Bye.
0: Yeah, go go. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, that, that's awesome, and, and that's so cool that you, and you know, what uh, you know, it's awesome. It worked out. You know, you named it. You know, it's you know because you know your husband who was your crush. You know, it's kind of the inspiration, and then now it's this amazing company that you both work together um, as partners in life, and. I just think that's beautiful that's awesome
1: yeah it's kind of my favorite thing yeah um, plus we have uh um i joke around we've got a jedi and a spaceship, a spaceship.
0: <laughs> i know when uh, when i, I was when i was talking to uh it was Jedediah.
1: yeah is his full name's Jedi, but but no one no one called him, his mom called him no <laughs> yeah
0: when he reached him. out he's it was jedi and of course me being the nerd that i am is like I'm a huge Star Wars fan, so I love your name. <laughs> that's the first thing I put in in my reply because he originally, you know, reached out and he's just like, "Hey, you know, I have, you know, Kura, and I'm just like, okay, before, like first thing, love your name, big Star Wars fan. Second, would love to. <laughs> then I got down to business, but it's like I had to be like love the name, and then I saw Space Streams. Oh well, that's just amazing. You were meant to be there.
1: <laughs> I think so. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, uh, I, you know, you know, we've, we've talked a lot and I, I've, I've really enjoyed our, our talk. I think it's been an amazing dialogue between the two of us. Um, but I would just love to, as we wrap up, um, for those that have been listening and maybe they themselves have a vision that they would love to create and it doesn't even have to be a long-length film. It could be a short, um, maybe stop motion. Who knows? You know, the, 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 the options are endless, what would be your advice for someone as someone that has been in all the stages of, as a producer and a filmmaker, um, when it comes to their vision and, you know, maybe realizing it and actually putting it out in the world. Um, and I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, actually, um, is it okay that I mentioned my podcast? Am I allowed to do that? Absolutely,
0: please. I would love to. Yeah, please, please, please do.
1: <laughs> so I actually have a podcast called Filmmaking Actually. Mm-hmm. And there's probably about 40 hours of content (laughs) answering that question. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I will say first and foremost, Mm -hmm. um, believe in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that sounds really cheesy, but just the same way that I know what I know, like Mm -hmm. you have to know that your story is your story. Mm -hmm. Um, And that whole thing about pulling your table to the corner and waiting for everybody to come join you Mm -hmm. is really important in such a collaborative world like Mm -hmm. film. You have to be willing to move your table a little bit Mm -hmm. and you have to watch out for the people that expect you to drag the table across the universe to them Mm -hmm. and who won't come to your table. Like it's gotta be fairly mutual. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, if like Steven Spielberg is like, hey, come do an internship for me. um, There's value. You might might
0: wanna do that. (laughs) Yeah, you might
1: wanna do that. But um, the, the, never, be pretentious about who mm-hmm. you are and always remember that there's always stuff you can learn. The mm-hmm. most, the greatest filmmakers I've ever had the honor of speaking with or observing in a panel, they're they're so curious, they're, mm-hmm. they're always learning, they're always growing. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to realize that if there's somebody around you who maybe has a little more experience than you or even different, you can learn something from them. And mm-hmm. even if what you learn is, I'm not gonna do that. Um, <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> It's, um, what is that? Um, one of my friends said something hilarious. He said, I learned from the failures of those who took my advice. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, dude, that's harsh, but it, um, he, I mean, he was kind of kidding, but, um, you have to like really watch and make everything an opportunity to learn what can i learn from this not i know this all already and sometimes you know i've i've been to like online workshops or whatever that maybe are at a lower gradient than where i'm currently at in my career mm-hmm. but i still you know i'll go to them i'll see like is there something i can learn from this or whatever you have to manage your time properly but like mm-hmm. i'll never forget a young filmmaker who once said to me i was ma- giving some suggestions of how they could grow and how they could keep going and they said I just don't feel like I'm at that point in my career anymore. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I was like, if you're having to talk to me about how to grow your career, you are at that point in your career Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. need to come down about 70 notches. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, you go, go eat some humble pie. It's like, you you have to be willing to balance your known worth Mm -hmm. and Recognize opportunity, and when you know, even if you're on a student film set and you're working mm. with your friends in your backyard, pay attention. You know what is working, what isn't working, why is that person freaking out and getting angry? Who didn't do their job when they should have? Like, learn from the mistakes of mm. of the lower budget stuff you work on, and even when you work on a big budget thing, you know, don't just sit there scrolling your phone.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah,
1: you're gonna learn so much just watching. That's I never went to film school. I found out recently i technically never graduated high school i thought i had um Ooh. i i had tested out when i was i graduated early and i tested out but i guess the test never got recorded wow um, so i technically i went i needed a copy of my diploma and, and <laughs> i love it and i was like oh i'll just get another one and they're like we don't have a record of you and i was like oh, wow i'm like i had one i lost it this now seems like
0: something that should have been talked about a long time ago <laughs> um, yeah
1: i'm like this is something i needed to know like then not now. Yeah. Um, but it um I had the honor of speaking with uh Taiko ITD, I'll name drop a minute at uh Sundance <laughs> um a couple of years ago. It was right after Thor Ragnarok, he you know, before Jojo Rabbit, but he was, you know, nice. a pretty big, big person even then. Mm-hmm. And he was being so kind and so generous and mm-hmm. I really regret the fact that the way I approached him was I'm nobody I'm nothing I shouldn't be here you shouldn't be talking to me like that Mm. was kind of where my head was at Mm -hmm. and that doesn't help anybody Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: I finally said to him I'm like look I've never even been to film school Mm -hmm. and he just looked at me and he leans in and he goes neither have I (laughs) and it was like the universe gave me permission to exist and yeah never need that never need somebody to give you permission but Mm -hmm. recognize that it's it doesn't matter you Mm -hmm. can learn every opportunity you have I learned by going on set by interning by doing as much as I could whether it was for free or for a stipend or whatever like Mm -hmm. and sometimes I would work for free and what I would learn is that that production company mismanaged funds and Mm -hmm. they had like $25,000 for a 2-day shoot and they couldn't even cover my gas. Like <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like it there's so much stuff that you can learn. So what I would say is general filmmaking nitty gritty. I have a whole podcast on that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um we are so it's also on Anchor um mm-hmm. and Spotify and Apple Podcast, Google, mm-hmm. all those. Um, we also have it on YouTube with uh, captions um for people who prefer to uh, read closed captioning mm-hmm. um, and listen at the same time, um or just uh, for the closed captioning. And mm-hmm. then um, on our website, we're we're not done. um so not all the episodes are there yet, but it's a project we're working on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're actually transcribing them all into a blog. Oh, nice. Where, um it's just, it's word for word what's in the podcast yeah but it's just in text form so um that's awesome yeah i know some people are just vet- better visual learners at, at mm-hmm. reading than in hearing um so we haven't gotten all, i think we're on episode 14 uh on the the website we're on episode like 30 something we're mm-hmm. trying to catch up we had to go back and <laughs> and you know transcribe them and all that mm-hmm. um and format them so um we're uh And some some captioning programs don't work so great when you've got like multiple voices talking. Uh So um, it's just, it's a little bit of work, but we're catching it up. So yeah, our podcast is available in all those different formats. Um, And if there's an additional accessibility format that we're not aware of that someone Mm -hmm. wants to tell me, please do because Mm -hmm. that part of wanting accessible filmmaking means making filmmaking knowledge accessible to all filmmakers. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to me. Um, And the last thing I'll say is, Everyone thinks that it's money that holds you back, Mm -hmm. and it's not. Mm -hmm. I have seen some of the most expensive movies in the world, even indie movies Mm -hmm. that were just not, nothing to write home about. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, what matters is your knowledge, is your skill, is your creativity, and your just like acumen as a filmmaker. Mm -hmm. But it's not even about like, you know, yes, natural talent is, is, priceless. Mm-hmm. But if you know, especially as a producer, if you know the basics, if you are familiar with things like contract and location agreements and crew schedules and crew calls and setting up the day and planning lunch and planning breakfast and planning a second meal and like all of those little itty bitty details, um, there's so many things that just make it so much easier
2: mm-hmm.
1: to make a film. And when you, you know, you know when to have the conversation about your VFX. You know Mm -hmm. when, how to prep for that. You know what to do to have good sound, how to mix the sound in post, how to color grade properly, how to film properly. We, the film that we just shot that won best picture, it also won best editing and best cinematography. We filmed it on what's called a DSLR, which is (laughs) a a prosumer camera, like the most basic. We used, for most of the film, we used a closed-circuit TV lens, like a vintage closed-circuit TV lens that we got for $25 on Amazon. <laughs> so don't be intimidated by the people who come at you with their red packages and their Aria-Alexas and they're like, you know, $10,000 worth of glass. Who literally, who cares? Mm-hmm. There are sometimes I've shot with an Aria and it is a beautiful, beautiful experience. Okay. But uh, it. There's very specific times where you need that level of ammunition. And even then, it would have just been a little visually different if we had shot with a different type of camera. Mm-hmm. It just gave us more uh range for light um, and up upped our nighttime scenes. But um you your what camera you have, what lens you're using, how cool you are, what lens slurs you have, that has nothing to do with anything at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um really learning, training, growing, experiencing, at the end of the day, that's what's gonna make you a better filmmaker.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It's been amazing to talk to you. I I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and hopefully everyone that's been listening has enjoyed it as well. And if they enjoyed it so much and they wanna follow you and check out everything else, where's the best place? Can you drop some links for them?
1: Uh, Yes, okay. (laughs) So we currently have a Patreon um that is uh oof I don't know if I, I think it's patreon.com slash space dream films mm-hmm. that's one space one dream and lots of films <laughs> um and uh we have we're trying to make that accessible as well we currently have uh the lowest tier is ninety nine, <laughs> mm-hmm. and um Every, right now until uh, September 1st, I think everybody at any tier accesses everything, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then after September 1st, um, the ninety nine tier can access all the content after the fact. So everything that's been recorded and posted, they can watch, they can chime in on conversations and comment mm-hmm. and all that stuff but um, to actually come to the panels and workshops and stuff that we're having, mm-hmm. we're going to make it a minimum of $15 a month. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work putting these panels together. Of course. You know, the people coming are awesome and we want to make sure it's like equitable, mm-hmm. um, but all the tiers from $15 and up, it's just how much do you want to support Space Dream? Because no matter what you pay, you're getting yeah. the same thing. Gotcha. I, we're, we're never going to privilege it where it's like, oh, you have more money, here's more access. like. <laughs> I don't think that's fair. Yeah, Um, same here. Yeah. Um, Our podcast filmmaking actually is available everywhere. I just said Mm -hmm. Um, our website is spacedreamfilms.com. You can click on the contact page and there is a link to sign up uh, for our mailing list. Um, I usually, I try to email once a week. I usually don't. Uh, We email casting calls, crew calls, when we're hiring uh, links to events, uh, festival news, tips and tricks, all that kinds of stuff. Um, and then, uh, on social media, pretty much everywhere, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and tiktok Uh, we are space dream productions. Mm-hmm. Um, again, one space, one dream, lots of productions. Um, and, um, I'm going to shamelessly plug my husband. Um, he is on Instagram at I am spaceship and you can check out his music at, IamSpaceship.BandCamp.com. Um, he's, if the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Beck and Wilco had a musical child, it would be him.
0: That's a great child. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. I hear a lot of music and let me tell you, I know everybody's pitching their, their music and uh-huh. there's lots of room to grow um he's pretty awesome
0: (laughs) (laughs) well hey Cora thank you so much for coming on the podcast today I I'm so happy that we could sit down and talk Um, again like I said I I thoroughly enjoyed
2: today's episode
1: me as well um (laughs) thank you so much for having me I really appreciate you and your time and fostering this space I think um yeah, I love what you do. It's it's awesome. I'm happy. Thank to you.
0: you. That means a lot. Thank you very much. Well, everybody, that's going to be it for today's episode. If you have any questions that you'd like me to pass along to my amazing guest today, just know you can email me bouton that's c as in chad m as in michael and then b-o-u-t-o-n c-m-b-o-u-t-o-n at yahoo.com just pass along any questions and i'll pass along for you or if you have questions for me i'll answer them there <laughs> uh, anyways we are on um, twitter the podcast is on twitter it's at 2200 hindsight that's at 20200 hindsight at 2200 hindsight of course, the podcast is on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Hindsight is 20 200. Please remember to put the slash in between the 20 and 200. Hindsight is 20 200. Well, that's going to be it for today. Everybody, thank you so, so much. Again, thank you to my amazing guests. And thank you guys to you, yourself for listening. And so we meet again, as I always say, please be kind to each other. Take care of each other, and we'll see you soon. Bye, guys.